appreciate you uh, uh, coming out. We want to welcome those who may be tuning in by uh, the live stream. Glad uh, for you that are watching that way. And uh, we just appreciate what God is doing. Amen. And uh, uh, like I said a while ago in our announcements, Lord willing, we will be right here Sunday morning. Uh, can't hardly, it's kind of hard to fathom me and uh, the message that I've seen from Brother Beecher saying that the uh, governor of Kentucky is requesting that churches call off all services this weekend. But I'm not surprised that uh, uh, far-left new governor that they elected in, he's already did, did things to increase more abortions and uh, and um, push more for gay rights and everything else. A lot of people just don't understand and see that all things we're going through is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare that's being fought. And the devil is bringing out all the weaponry he can bring out so he can win his purpose. But I got news for the devil, and I got news for those who wants to follow his devices. I've read the back of the book, and we win. Hallelujah. We win. Those who love God are going to serve God. We're going to come out the winners, and the devil's going to be the loser. Sadly, those who follow the devil is going to be right with him where he goes. Amen. We began last week a study uh, talking about wisdom uh, and um, how important wisdom is. And as we see the things that are going on in our world around us today, there's a lot of folks who don't know what wisdom is anymore. Uh, I read to you last week that little article about the death of common sense. Uh, common sense and wisdom is kind of linked together. And uh, I don't care how much book learning somebody's got there. I've seen a lot of people with plenty of book learning, but man, they, they don't have no common sense. Amen. They don't know, they don't, they don't know how to get out of the rain. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And um, I'm glad to know that uh, the Bible says, and we brought out all this last week, uh, when we uh, read what Job said uh, in the book of Job, I read it last week. I ain't going to put that back up on the screen, but uh, Job asked the question, where shall wisdom be found? Amen. And where is the place of learning? Hallelujah. And of course, I'm, and I'm going to put this up, Proverbs 9 and 10 that's a verse that you need to um, have on your memory list. You need to uh, memorize this verse, Proverbs 9 and 10. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, folks, that he's the one I'm going to fear. Amen. He's the one that I'm going to reverence. Uh, amen. And I'm going to look to. Amen. So, that's where it all begins. Then we got our lesson from Proverbs uh, chapter 9 and verse 
one. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Amen. And so this is what we are talking about uh, in uh, the gaining of uh, wisdom. Uh, uh, Proverbs said that wisdom has built her house, and we know that the pillars is what the house, what holds up the house. And uh, uh, there's there's a certain things that we have to do or possess uh, if we are going to have uh, have that wisdom. And uh, we got the picture up there on the screen of the of the pillars right now, and um, we 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 talked about one of them, and as far as we got last uh, last week, that wisdom has uh, built her house; she's hewn out her seven pillars, uh, and uh, we talked about the first one as being. Uh, well, the scripture that we read, purity, or we talked about sanctification and holiness. Um, I'm gonna t- the, the person, the person who calls himself a Christian and does not strive for holiness, don't have much wisdom, because the Bible says that without holiness, there's something that's going to happen. What is that? Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So I would say you ought to be concerned about holiness. You ought to be concerned about sanctification. We talked about and broke that down, and I'm not going to repeat all that, but I'm just kind of reminding you a few things, and then we will will move on. But... um, Sanctification is was instantaneous, uh, being when you were born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, Jesus gave you a good clean-up job. Amen. You were washed, the Bible says. And then also, sanctification is ongoing. It's a day, daily thing. I believe there's a scripture somewhere in the New Testament where Paul said, I die daily. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Douglas, every day there's something about my old flesh I have to die out to. Because the more I strive to live for God, the more old Sammy Pruitt wants to stick up his head. And then when I begin to follow myself rather than the Spirit of God, then I'm going to get off track. So I can't just depend on so well, God sanctify me. You know, we was talking about the old folks a while ago uh, and how, how they, I can remember them old-timey testimonies where they would be popping up all over the house and they'd say, Praise God, I'm thankful tonight that God saved me, sanctified me, and filled me with the Holy Ghost. You don't hear that kind of testimony much. People don't brag about being sanctified anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. They don't want sanctification because 
If they, if they get too sanctified, then they got to turn off some of them old soap operas they watch. Oh. Whoop. Brother Sammy done quit preaching and gone to meddling. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, I don't want to talk about sanctification too much because when I get upset and frustrated, I can't use some of them choice words. But that's one reason why God gave you the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be honest with you. There were some things I had a problem with with my mouth before God filled me with the Holy Ghost. But after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, as I grew in it, and I'm not talking about an, uh, an overnight thing, as I grew, and long, the more I let the Holy Ghost control me, the less uh, I had to worry about it. I never will forget, years ago when I was uh, working uh, as an auto mechanic uh, for a living, and worked in a little two-bay shop uh, in Mount Juliet. <coughs> and um, another mechanic there that we became really good friends. And, um, you know, you're constantly trying to, when you're doing that for a living, uh, you want to do a job proficiently and as quickly as you can because the faster you can do it, the more money you make. And uh, I decided, I, I watched the other guy, and I decided he, uh, he had him one of them uh, uh, pair of uh, ratchets that were run by air. Man just whipped them boats out, you know. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm going I'm to have to get one. Because that's a whole lot quicker than me sitting there uh, with that ratchet, you know. And so yeah, I got me one. And uh, uh, I had to get used to using that thing. And before I got used to using it, you know, I put that thing, I'd, I'd put that thing up there on the boat. And hit that button. Wham! I get my fingers caught between the piece of metal and that thing. Woo! Man, and uh, the guy working next to me, uh, old uh, uh, Ricky Metcalf was his name. One time <laughs> I did that and I, I mashed a finger and I mean really good. And, and he, he was in the next bay working on another car and he was watching. He said, go ahead, preacher man, and say it. You done, you have th thought it. And I said, I said, Ricky, I ain't thought about nothing. I just said, praise the Lord. He said, you can't tell me that when you mashed your finger, one of them choice words didn't run across. I says, no. I said, at one time it did. There was a time in my life it did. I said, but I quit doing that a long time ago. Thank God. Now, I'm not standing here telling you that I, that I uh, get, uh, that the Holy Ghost has got 100% control of me because there's still some things maybe I say that maybe I shouldn't say, some things I do that I shouldn't do because I'm still growing, I'm maturing in Christ, I'm dying daily. But I pray, I praise God, and, and, I, and I like, I've heard people say this, and I think it's a good sin. I might not be 
oh, all I need to be, but I praise God, I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. Can anybody relate to that? I don't think there's none of us here tonight or none of you watching that's 100% where you need to be, but I think you can praise God that, hey, I've gained some ground. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. So, holiness, sanctification, purity, that's one of the pillars of wisdom. And uh, we need to have that if we're going to construct that um, house of wisdom. Now, if you notice the next one (coughs) up there, I got uh, Peacemaker. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And hopefully I'll have time to get to the other one. But uh, Peacemaker. Now, what are we talking about uh, here? The, um, The scripture that we read in the book of James that um, gives us these seven pillars. Let me find my paperwork here. Um, James 3 and 17. James 3 and 17. Let me see if I got that where I can put it up for you to read. Yeah. Notice... Now, these are, these are all the seven pillars that we're going to be talking about. Uh, I believe, personally, somebody say, well, you know, Solomon said, you know, seven pillars. Uh, what, uh, what are those seven pillars? And different ones can come up with different things, but I personally believe that we need to let Scripture interpret it, Scripture. I believe that Scripture will interpret Scripture if we know how to find it and know where it's at. And uh, the Bible says here in James 3.17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Now that's, that's that first pillar. Purity, sanctification, holiness, uh, constant, uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Yeah, constant. Uh, yeah. Uh, first pure, then peaceable. That peaceable there is the second pillar in our house. Uh, let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed? That some people's lives are always filled with conflict. Have you, have you, has it ever caught your attention about some people that it seems like their lives is always wrapped up in, in conflict? I mean... I have seen those who constantly focus on drama of one kind or the other. I believe some people need drama like like I need air to breathe. 
If I don't get air, I'm going to die. I believe there are some people, if they're not caught up in a mix of conflict and drama, they're going to just roll up and die. That ain't no way to live, folks. That ain't no way to live. Amen. And uh, it's sure not wisdom. And if we have that, then that's the one area that we need to ask God to help us on. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ, he is the prince of what? Peace. Not drama or conflict. Hallelujah. But I've seen, I've seen people who constantly focus on drama of one kind or the other. It's either on the job, it's in their home, and here's the really bad one, even follows them to church. I mean, they, they got to have drama so much that they got to stir up something everywhere they go, even in the house of God. Hello, somebody. See, this is for uh, Brother Sammy as pastor. As pastor, I strive to teach the whole counsel of God, as the Apostle Paul says, things that will help us go into maturity. And I'm not going to shy back on something because I, this might rub some people the wrong way. Amen. Uh, not that I'm trying to offend nobody or hurt nobody and I hope you're listening and watching it online. But I'm trying to give you things that will help you in your walk with Christ. And get closer. And be mature. Uh, But here's the plain facts when we talk about being a peacemaker. The only drama or contention... For the child of God should be with Satan and his works. Hallelujah. If you're a child of God, the only kind of drama that you should ever be caught up with is when you're fighting the devil. Hallelujah. And that don't mean that co-worker works next to you that you call the devil. (laughs) Bless God, Brother Samuel says I can have conflict with the devil. Well, she sure enough is one. (laughs) Help help us, Lord. Hallelujah. But see the Bible. To nip, as Barney Fife says, to nip it, nip it, nip it in the mud. To nip that... uh, in the bud, the Bible tells us that uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, somebody may be giving you a headache and a problem, but the way that you can love that person and pray for that person and try to get them to change, that you realize that it's not that person, but it's, it's what's controlling them, the spirit that's in them. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with this, too. Says there's, not, there's nothing wrong. If, I, if I'm working with somebody that's really causing me trouble, amen, and it don't appear like they're going to go away, and I can't go away, I'm here for a while. 
I can go to praying for God. Lord, give them a better job somewhere. And I've seen that happen. I've, I've, seen, I've heard people give testimonies where you, people prayed and God moved them so they'd be completely out of your way. Hey, nothing's impossible with God. Hallelujah. It's a whole lot better for me to pray for God to send him somewhere else on another floor or another company or something else. It's a whole lot better for me to do that than me to get mad and cuss them out. Hallelujah. Amen. So, being a peacemaker, uh, we're going to go to um, uh, a, a scripture. I believe it is, let's see, Romans 14 and 19. Let's see what it says. Let us, now that, that phrase there, those two little words, let us, that, that's, let, that lets us know he's talking about the body of Christ, the church. Amen. He's not talking about the world or people who don't know God. Let us. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for drama. Now, there's some, there's some people who knows that there's certain people, they know, they know about these certain people, they know how to push their buttons. To get them going. Sometimes the devil will cause things to happen in your life just simply because he's trying to push your button. He say, he, he, he's the same way by you and me like he was by Job. He, he told God about Job. He said, ah, he serves you for naught. You just take everything he's got and he'll curse you to your face. Do you know, it ain't no doubt in my mind, the devil's probably told God, that about me and about you sometimes. They ain't got nothing real. It ain't going. So the devil comes across something, try to get to push your buttons. And when you don't react, when you put the devil in his place, hallelujah, just where you send him running. Let us therefore follow after the things which makes for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. The things that we do, now let us remember, we're talking about the church. We're supposed to be doing things that will edify one another. Now, there are some people, all they want to do is argue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I try to, we're talking about wisdom, I try to use wisdom. I have picked up, and I, I have had discernment of spirit sometimes, where people ask certain questions, and I know that they, they're not honest-hearted, they're not really wanting to know anything, they just want to start up an argument. And if I can perceive that, I ain't going to mess with it. I'm going to walk away from it. 
thalites are the things of peace. <coughs> if Douglas comes up to me and says, you don't really believe in that one God stuff, do you? You know there's got to be three. Now, if, if I could perceive that you had a searching heart, that you were seeking, say, so, well, let, let's just kind of sit down and talk about it and pray about it and let me give you some scriptures. Let's just give you But if I can perceive that he's just trying to scratch up an argument, I'll say, well, you know, let, let, let me study on a little bit and I'll get back with you. What am I doing? I'm falling at the things that makes for peace. I've been, I've been in this thing a long time. And I guarantee you, I can quote every scripture in that book. It has something to, something to do with one God. Hallelujah. I mean, I can start preaching a message on God being one God right now from the, from the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Here we go. But if somebody's just trying to cr- uh, crank up an argument, what good am I do if I'm going to fall along and take their bait? I'm not going to do any good. Matter of fact, there may be people going to be standing around listening to us that the devil say, look at them, both of them over are supposed to be Christians. Look how they're arguing. I, even though I'm giving scripture, I can be doing more harm than good. There's a lot of preachers that can preach the truth but they do more damage and more harm than good. Because not only, Brother Kyle, am I supposed to be able to preach truth, but I'm supposed to be able to do it in love. Hello? And if what I'm telling you tonight, if what I'm trying to teach you tonight is not coming from me because it's coming out of love and I want to see you and help you grow, that I'm messing up big time. I'm messing up big time. So follow after the things that make for peace and things for with one may edify. What's the word edify mean? Build up. Encourage. That's what we, you know, some people it's got this need to always be right. Huh? Um, it's better to keep an atmosphere of peace and not start up drama than you always being right. We're talking about wisdom. There's times you've got to Use wisdom. The Bible said, he that winneth souls is wise. Now, some people will discern that one way, but I'm telling you right now that if you stupid, you ain't going to never win nobody to God. That's Sammy's translation. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can be stupid, and if you be stupid, you ain't going to win nobody to God. you got to be wise. Hallelujah. One other, I'm not going to get no more tonight. I'm, I'm sorry, but um, so follow after the things to make for peace. Now, 
I'm going to wind this up. Now, how do you, how you conduct yourself at home and elsewhere, that's one thing. But with brothers and sisters in Christ, your aim should be to always be a peacemaker. And really, if you identify yourself with Christ, it's how you should conduct yourself at all times with everybody, no matter where you're at. If you know something's going to cause an argument, keep your mouth shut. Even though if they are wrong, and you might be right, <coughs> um, follow after things that make for peace. If you know something stirs somebody up, leave it alone. Now, I'm not telling you not to obey God. I'm telling you not to obey yourself. Because if God tells you to do something, it's going to be all right. Amen? We are told that we are like trees in the vineyard of the Lord. And every tree is expected to bear fruit. We are trees in the vineyard of the Lord. And we're, we're supposed to bear fruit. John the Baptist came preaching that. No one who don't, everyone, oh, well, so let me put it this way, everyone who don't bear fruit is going to be cut down. That's what the Bible says. If I don't bear fruit, God, eventually God's going to get tired of messing with me, and he's going to do something else. Well, one of the fruits of a Holy Ghost person is to bear righteousness. Amen? Righteousness is one of the fruits that you and I am supposed to bear. And this will be the last scripture that I will take you to tonight. James 3 and 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. God had rather his people to do and say things that make peace. Not confusion, because the Bible says God's not the author of confusion. I, I was hoping to get two tonight, but I didn't do it. But anyway, we'll, uh, again, uh, we, uh, the missions conference starts next week, next Wednesday night at 7. We won't be here next Wednesday night, but when we do get back, We'll continue this study uh, on wisdom. Let's all stand together.